0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. This series has been um, good for me to remember that God didn't want me to be you. He wants me to be me. And he's really excited about that and and I don't when I come into the body of Christ, I don't have to conform To some type of set of standard that complies to all of us. I just got to be made into his image and be free in that. And as I'm forever free, I can be forever me. And hopefully, you've you've kind of got a little bit more confidence. Breathe that in. Confidence. Just that type of that no one on the corner has got swagger like us confidence. Save with amazing grace confidence. That kind of confidence, Right? And that you would walk with a pep in your step, that know that you're a king's kid. And why that's so important, because when we go into this fall to do so many great, amazing things on the outside, let us not be deceived. God's not more pleased because we do stuff, He's more pleased when we just let Him love on, it, on us. And so who we are is whose we are, and that's the thing that defines us. And so we plant, we water, uh, we know the Lord has to build the house, or we labor in vain, but we're not confused by, we don't always have to see a result to know that God is with us. You got, so we got to hear that often, because do you know where we're at? A results-driven nation. You produce, you get a paycheck. You invest time, you're valuable to somebody. You go to school, here's your certificate. And those are all amazing things by all means, right? It shows consistency, effort. But when you apply that to God, oh, now you start to think, okay, I gotta do, no, be free today. Be free. And one of the things we do that, uh, is we dress up and we put on masks. And how many like the Ninja Turtles? Anybody like Ninja Turtles? I love the Ninja Turtles. When it's my son, check it out. Hey, I'm the Arnold. What's your name? That's a funny uh, beginning to say this. God can't bless who we aren't. God only can bless who we are. And a lot of times we say, hi, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? Is that your name or is that the name the world gave you? Is that your name or what your job started to say you are? It, 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 that, that you're a nobody because somebody in your life said you're a nobody? Somebody just in this past week, somebody I love, they said, uh, they, 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 they were talking about um, a pattern of, of one of our family members and they said, it's in your blood. And they, basically, they made this mistake. The older they got, they go, it's in your blood, don't worry. And I was like, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. That ain't mine. I'm not claiming that junk. Like, you can talk like that. It ain't on you know I me. Mean? And and so there was just like this righteous, no, 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 no. Like, I don't have to bow to that. Halloween's fascinating because it's a day where you can be okay to be somebody else. And I think it's easier to play that because it's easier to be somebody else than to absolutely kind of say, here I am, I'm broken, I'm messed up, and I'm not thinking I can do this. Join the club. Today, as we're going to look at Daniel's life, Daniel's life could be intimidating or it could be inspiring. Daniel didn't do anything wrong that we see. Daniel's focused. Um, He's like a type like Joseph, where he was faithful in unlikely situations. And who else was like that? Jesus? Who isn't like that? Jerome, I don't feel like I've always been faithful in unlikely situations. But it's if you ever heard of Roger Bannister, he's the four-minute mile person, first one to break the four-minute mile. It's fascinating. For thousands of years, no one had broke the four-minute mile. Roger Bannister breaks the four minute mile, and what happens? Tons of other people start breaking the four minute mile. I think there's a four minute mile here we're gonna break today, and you know what it is? It's obedience, it's holiness. Because there's never a time to justify a compromise. And somewhere along the line, we started to believe that, oh, well, because he loves me and I'm messy and I'm broken, that he's just okay if I keep just messing up, when actually what that means is we're belittling God in the moment and we're not making much of him. doesn't matter where we're at, we won't bow. Put us in Vegas, we won't bow. Put us anywhere, we won't bow because we already did. And so I've titled this message, We Don't Bow, We Already Did. When you bow to Jesus, we don't have to bow to the world. And as we look at Daniel, I think you're going to be, hopefully... And as inspired as I am in his life. Daniel chapter one. Now, what's taking place is the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar at the time, has sent out a request that he wants some prize recruits. And if you're gonna recruit for a team, you want prize recruits. And so I think he's thinking the right way. And we pick it up in verse four. He's looking for a use without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent. It's the type of prized pupils he wants in his kingdom. And the king assigned them, after he gets these recruits, a daily portion of food that the king ate. And so now he's starting to indoctrinate them. And what that means is he's starting to get them on the same game plan, the same playbook that the king is on and Babylon is on. Now, Babylon is, you know, you might... Okay, I heard that before. What is Babylon? Babylon would be a setting of a major influential city that is is ruling pretty much the whole world. It's an epicenter for the world at that time in the ancient uh, world. And what is taking place there is God isn't necessarily exalted right in the center all the time. And I know we're a Christian nation, but if we were to look around and be honest, are we a Christian nation? Is God exalted all the time? And it doesn't mean we belittle the nation: No, no, no. It means that we're actually not bowing to a flag. We're bowing to a king that has a kingdom forever, so now we actually can serve a flag, because we serve a greater flag. And where we get it twisted is we sometimes think that, that our position, or our, our, our allegiances on this Earth, they, they, they warrant the greater allegiance. No. The greater allegiance is where we start, and then we work enthusiastically for the Lord. And then we submit to God, and then we submit to governing officials. It's completely different. Where a lot of times, because we love safety and security, where do we want to do? Submit to the game plan, hope God's in it, kind of think He's in it, and then and then and say, "Oh yeah, it's for your glory. It's for your glory." Remember, we were doing it for you. One, absolutely not many times in our lives. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And what a thought! I Think about my life many times. Am I laboring in vain? Do you even care about what I'm doing right now? I think it's a healthy thought. And it's not something that's uh, weary or uh, heavy. It's something that's really light and freeing because now I can look around and say, all right, my, my priorities are changing. Thank you, God. In fact, my priorities backstage, I was already thinking about what my kids and I are gonna do tonight because the truth is this won't be the best thing I do today. It's not the most important thing I do today. The most important thing I do today is who I am and what I do when nobody's looking. What the most important thing you do today is not how well you understand the sermon, it's how well we live this sermon. So we're looking at Daniel's life. And, uh, and they were, uh, so the king, he ate and drank and they were to be educated three years, this is his recruit criteria, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. And among these, here, here's his prized pupils, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah of the tribe of Judah. So what you have is you have some Hebrew boys that are set apart, and now they're in the world's model and system. Peer pressure is knocking on their door. I remember entering ninth grade, and I had a friend that wasn't in the in crowd, so to say. In fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, he was my boy. But I recognize in ninth, he was gonna make the transition, and I remember the jocks and stuff, we're saying, hey, he's not that cool. And I remember laughing, and there was a moment when he overheard it, and from that point on, we were never friends again, because I chose the peer pressure instead of what a real friend was. When stuff hit the fan, these guys were nowhere to be found, but when stuff hit the fan, he was always there before. Now, I've started to define maybe a friend, a friend is this, a friend who's not there just for the highlights, but a friend is there for the lowlights, and, and they're not there to just empathize and, and sympathize. They're there to help repair, but without strings. And so they're there when no one's looking, and they're okay with it. Those are the type of friends that we all want. We want that in the gospel. In fact, we, we, we learn that, that God gives a friend that sticks closer than a brother and I found this to be true over time. Now, this moment when I came to um, peer pressure, I was not proud of myself looking back. In fact, I've apologized to this person, uh, wrote them a really long, specific just confession to say, I missed it. I'm sorry. And, and if I think of this setting, because I remember choosing the in crowd, and here's Daniel, and he, he's set apart, and he can start to now conform to the system. But unlike me, he is absolutely different, and it's so beautiful. And in fact, in verse 7, it says, the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel called Belteshazzar. And what this means is now the king's saying, I want to mark you with my kingdom. I know you came in. Oh, it's beautiful. You came in with God's kingdom, God of Israel. That's fine. There's a new king here, and it's me. And so I want to rename you, and he starts giving them pagan names to to try to get them to conform. Hananiah called Shadrach. Maybe you've heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, that's not their Hebrew names. Mishael, he called Meshach, and Azariah, he called Abednego. And here's where I'm going with this for a minute. Where I'm going is this. What name are we believing? What mask are we wearing? The name God gave us or the name the world started to give us? And you might not have changed your name, but maybe... You say things like "I'm not good enough," "I'm not smart enough," "God's not with me." That's a lie, absolutely from the pits of hell. One of my favorite litmus tests is this. I'm gonna just do it. Um, I gotta pick on somebody that's okay with it. Let me see here. That'd be good. Okay, Marvin. I know he's he can handle this. So, Marvin, what's your middle name? Lewis. Lewis, amazing. You like your middle name, right? Yes, you do, because you've embraced who God made you, right? How many people would be scared if I asked them your middle name? <laughs> middle name is one of the greatest litmus tests of if we've really embraced, we're comfortable. Like, ah, oh, we shy away. I'm Jerome Edward. And I say it confidently. It's like, what if I said, oh, it's Edward, because it's not like Jerome. Jerome Edward? You say it like that, like, yeah, it's Edward. i Jerome Edward. Why? Because God, I mean, God's writing my identity, not insecurities, not what the world thought. And I think maybe we could start to just go back to the source and say, we already bowed, we don't have to again. And so we start to then unpack this journey and discover to take off these masks. And you can see in Daniel 1, um, Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him to not defile himself. And what this means is he's in the place of work and he says, all these other people want to bow to this king of Nebuchadnezzar and, and his plan. Can I have a modified game plan that would honor my God? He says, this, he says this, and he's probably okay with getting fired in this moment. Here's this four-minute mile he's breaking for us. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. God can give me and you favor in the most unlikely settings. He really can. We don't have to be in those conversations we don't want to be in. Just, just walk away and say, hey, I'm not cool with that. When there's gossip, did you talk to that? It doesn't mean we're judging. I think we do that a lot. We're like judging and pointing, aren't we? We're like, ah, like, sinner. No, just holy. It's different. It's a different perspective. Sometimes you can walk away. Are you influencing or being influenced? These are the questions we ask ourselves, and Daniel shows us what this looks like and feels like. In verse 12, it says, um, we jump down, test your servants for 10 days. He gives a modified gift. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. I don't want to be anything like this world system. Let our appearance and appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. What he's saying is, if God is real, just let me... Let me live his way. And if I'm too slow, just test it. See what you see. I don't think God will ever let us down when we're choosing holiness. I I don't. I don't don't think he'll ever let us down when we're choosing holiness. You know what holiness is? It's not when everybody's looking. It's when nobody's looking. And there's moments when we do fail. We make massive mistakes. And the, the beautiful news of the gospel is you can come back home. You can get up. The righteous person repents. Come on, get back up. That's what happens. And at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all of the youths who ate the king's food. And so in other words, by choosing God's way, he was elevated and he was actually elevated in his job, in his title. I know many times on Sunday we preach. You know, I love it, preaching to your heart. And this, I'm okay with, with teaching some. Looking at the life of Daniel alone, and Daniel's known for his prophecies and his interpretation of dreams of the end times, and so people like end times stuff because we love, but the truth is we love fear conversations. We do. It's the campfire moments. Christians do it all the time. We do it, well, what about this, and let's get guns, and let's do that, and let's get bombs, and, but, you know, we do, we do that, and, and we have security conversations here, it's amazing, I love the security team, they're thinking through points of exit, if, if somebody came, and they were a threat, and how to handle it, but I always gotta ask a question, are we fearing God more, or are we fearing man? And that, and that only comes on the inside, because wisdom is so amazing, it really is, but we don't bow, we already did, Daniel's not afraid of his life being taken away, and this end times interpretation, a lot of times we get so caught up in what, oh, what, you know, two-thirds of the world's going to die, it's going to be crazy, but wait, oh man, greater is he that's in me, which one are we starting with? I'm starting here, <laughs> I'm starting here, that, that he can put a thousand of flight, 10,000 a flight, that he can, that everything can fall or down around me, that my soul is safe, it's beautiful, that you could kill me, but you can't kill my soul. And and that's just not for the preacher with the spasm, you know, energy. That's for every Christian. We're already dead. We live dead. That's why Stephen, the person who passed out food in the book of Acts, he's just the food person behind the scenes. He was the first martyr that was stoned, and he preached the good news in front of everybody. I love that because confidence doesn't know a title. Bowing to Jesus doesn't know a position. Holiness is when nobody's looking this is so good for us today to be inspired by Daniel to know that it's possible for us. Verse 20, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding with which the king inquired of him, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. And then in Daniel six, this is where the story, they, they get so jealous about him and how far he's being promoted He's gonna be thrown in the lion's den, and this is where Daniel gets popular, Daniel in the lion's den. But I—what what is the most intriguing, popular thing to me is that Daniel was serving God when nobody was looking. Oh, he interpreted dreams, yeah. He talked about the end times, yeah. He just loved God, wow. Really, he loved God? What else do you need? He just loved God. Yeah, but he got promoted and stuff. Yeah, but that was short-lived because he's about to be demoted into the lion's den. Because <laughs> we, we want to serve God when we're promoted, right? It's so much easier at the highlights. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It's so fun. Love the City Week is so fun. Adrenaline, it's going to be amazing. You know, Easter was you know, 1,000 people, part of city life. Jesus in John chapter 6 had so many crowds, and he said, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. And it says many disciples left him that day. You're like, wait, you thought it was the show? It was relationship. And this is the greater good that that is being preached today. This isn't a preach to you. This is a preach to remind me of how beautiful it is to just spend time with God when it's just me and him, forever me, with my forever king. It's that beautiful. In Daniel 6, it says, then this Daniel became distinguished above all of the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. What is the excellent spirit? What is it? God. God's excellent. When we show up to work five minutes late and punch out five minutes early, who are we doing that to? Our boss? We're doing it to God. Every time we work for God. And it's way more convicting, isn't it? It's way more challenging. I know we don't work for a paycheck. We don't, you know, and the boss is getting rich. And it's, it's a joy to serve our Lord when nobody's looking. I'll paraphrase paraphrase a quote, but it says, let the street sweepers sweep in such a way that would glorify God. Just when nobody's looking to sweep streets in such a way, it's like, oh, I'm just doing it to the Lord. My favorite people that serve in churches are the ones that you'll never see. Daniel's story is one of the four-minute mile, but it was really the moment when nobody saw because these People get so mad that they want to overthrow Daniel. They get so jealous because he hasn't uh, bowed to the peer pressure that we said, we shall not find any ground or complaint against Daniel unless we connect it with the law of his God. And so he convinces King Darius at the time, new regime, to then create a law that everyone should worship for 30 days, the idol that you'll create. And if we find anybody not following the system, you know? Walk here, do it like this. Imagine when there comes a day when you have to walk here, do it like this, um, and you'll get food, and it'll be everything. But God has to be on the side, and this isn't to scare us. But I, I think these things will really happen. It's my personal opinion. This is, isn't, but the text. But I think these days will come when it's so easy, so beautiful, and it will even be pitched as, oh, just, just you can worship your God, but just you can't do it here." And I'll be like, "Wait, I can't do it here." Interesting. Have you ever thought it was interesting that you can't worship Jesus in public as, as quick as you could worship another god? That we go to a, Christ, a Christmas play in, in public schools, and I see this, and, and you can sing about every god, but you can't sing about Jesus. And I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to take my ball and go home. I actually love playing. I want to stay and play. But, but, and I don't need to even have Jesus be sung to stay. No, I, I, I love you. But I also, now I'm a little bit more confident that we must serve the real God then because <laughs> they're afraid of the real one. Oh man, this is awesome. I'm staying right here because we're Christians too often. We are like, oh, you're not gonna let me talk about Jesus. I'm gonna go build a kingdom outside of the city, right? I don't want anything to do with this place where God is the author of the city. Starts in a garden, ends in a city. He's not afraid of the city. Uh, he loved Old Town before Old Town became new and developed. He loved it when it was you know low income, marginalized, when nobody wanted it. He loved that place. And now that it's special and it's all amazing with great food, he probably loves the Section 8 homes that nobody sees again. That's how he thinks. His kingdom's different. It doesn't mean we can't be there. We love it there. But we're also very aware of what's happening. We're not afraid of any place because we know God is with us. I believe this is how the spirit that Daniel had. He believed that God was with him in all places. And then finally in verse 11, what happens is they actually find him guilty. He's guilty. Uh, Back there in Daniel 6, verse 11, they find him guilty. Uh, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before God. Caught red-handed. Caught red-handed for doing what? Jesus, doesn't matter what happens around me. Jesus, I don't want that paycheck if it comes with that type of sin. Jesus, I'll I'll take a demotion if it means a promotion with you. Jesus, I, I can't be bought, I'm not a sellout unless it means I've sold my life for you. That I'm not for sale. I can't, there's just no amount that you can buy me because I've already been bought. He's just, you know, he's having these moments probably with the world. and It's just so good to be with you. You're the living, true God. And then he's it's just, he's it's, it's, it's in this secret place and then he just looks and it's like, oh man, I'm about to be killed. <laughs> you know, it's like they caught him red-handed. They caught him red-handed doing what? Something good. We're, we're sharing a lot of bad news, aren't we? We do. And um, I want to read Luke 12 because my prayer would be that it connects. So I think that the spirit of the satraps was very similar to the spirit of the Pharisees. And it's it's one that says, take your attention and your affection off of God and go on the system. When the law was meant to give us freedom and lead us to God, not one to be enforced to make us feel belittled or or ashamed and and something of jealousy and power to be exercised. It's It's not something to demean us, right? And in Luke chapter 12, and I have this mask up here because I saw, remember the Phantom of the Opera, right? I saw this in seventh grade, and he wears a mask because there's a scar. And as Christians, we, we, we wanna hide our scars. Our scars are beautiful because they, they, they point to the one who loves broken people. And so now what I've been tempted was to not remember all the scars. Let the scars just be uh, reminders of praise. Yeah, that happened. Man, God, you're good. Yeah, I made that mistake. Oh, you forgave me, so I don't have to wear the mask. I can take it off. I can show you the scars and. I want to invite you into that, just really take off the mask. In fact, Luke 12, it says in the message, uh, he said to them, watch yourselves carefully so you don't get contaminated with Pharisee yeast, Pharisee phoniness. You can't keep yourself uh, true, self-hidden forever. Before long, you'll be exposed. You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, okay, the mask will slip and your true face will be shown. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. Whoo! Somebody! Right? We want to be a Christian and we'll save everybody, but, but, but at home, it's, it's, it's not good. That's not a W. That's not a W. I mean, he, he can work through in perfect settings and situations. Man, he does that, but how much sweeter when we're praising when no one's looking. This is Daniel, right? And preach the op. He's, he's, he's preaching in private, and then his life is being preached in public. The days are coming when those whispers will uh, be repeated all over the town. Verse four, I'm speaking to you as dear friends. Don't be bluffed into silence or insincerity by the threats of religious bullies. True, they can't kill you, but then what can they do? There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being, right? Right? Yeah, we can have guns. Yeah, we can do stuff and tackle somebody if they come in here. But wait, are we afraid? Is that what we're leading with? I think everybody knows the box, the checkbox, and be like, oh, absolutely not. Like, we know our souls are safe. Really? Have you been in those meetings when we start bringing up how we're going to, like, hurt the person if they do something to us? Has anybody ever been in these meetings? Do you lead these meetings? I've led these meetings. Sometimes I find myself, I'm leading with fear. I can't touch that person. They're dangerous. What? If that was true, then Jesus wouldn't have shown up with Paul because Paul had just murdered Stephen. This is what God does. I think one of the coolest things is what Christians can do is know that there's very real danger, very real fear, but our faith is bigger because we already bowed. We don't have to bow. We already did. And then now we can talk about wise protocols. Like, for instance, that's the kid's city door. If you don't have a kid, there's no reason to be out back there, okay? Right? That's wise. And if I don't have a kid, I, why are you back there, right? That's just wise. What do you mean? You make me feel, you make me feel uncomfortable. No, like I don't go, you know, in, in the cooking place where Chuck E. Cheese is at. And I feel very comfortable at Chuck E. Cheese. I got a quarter per machine I can play. It's amazing. I'm working within the boundaries, right? These, the, this is the heartbeat all the time when I think too often we want black and white answers when Jesus is really always just checking our heart. And only you know your heart. Only you know what we're scared of, and I have to always kind of re-sign up to lose my life. Just re-sign up to lose my life. And I remember, uh, and I see Ryan out there, and he called me one time and said, hey, I got this, I got this vision of you. And this just came to mind, but this vision of you, and it's a weird one. I'm not gonna say the setting he was in. He's like, it makes it even weirder, but um, you're in a cemetery, and you're laying down all your crowns and everything you have, And you're just just burying your whole life, but you're getting eternal ones. And I just started weeping because what people don't know is I have to re-sign up daily. Daily. You don't think the world knocks on my door? You don't think money, success, power was knocking on Daniel's door? All the time. But the cool thing is, is everybody can be on the dream team with God. Full access. No special privileges. Everyone can come. Everyone can experience true riches. Everyone can experience what it's like to lose your life and gain life everlasting. Everyone can. The message is for everyone. All races, all faces, you belong here. But you know who else talks like that? Satan. All races, all faces, you belong here. And if he can get us to bow, even just a little bit, to just compromise, just a little bit, it's a victory because that could lead to a bigger compromise when the stakes are higher. Let Daniel show us of how awesome it is to just lead the way. And why that's so inspiring for me? Because I can just see, okay, oh, I've given up everything. And, and you know what? What I find is God makes it better. He knows how to get good gifts, right? Ask big, ask again. Anybody remember that from last week? Whoa, whoa. I mean, he's that good. I didn't even know we would travel some of the places we went. I didn't even know we'd be here, but He did. I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. When you lose what you think you deserve, God gives you more than you dreamed of. Somebody, when you lose what you think you deserve, God gives you more than you dreamed of. Period. That's for somebody in your soul. Um, and so your core being save uh, your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body and soul, in His hands. And uh, worship team, we're going to come up in just a second. What's the price of two or three pet canaries? Some lose change, right? But God never overlooks a single one. He cares about canaries, and he pays an even, even greater attention to who? Me. Forever me. Somebody needs to say that, me. God pays attention to me. I mean, God pays attention to me. We said this at the first service. Virginia was, um, it was a great observation because we talk, we're going to end with bowing. And we're going to talk about just bowing before the Lord. And, and, and we said, what would it look like if we just literally bowed before God? And she, it was funny, because I know this is how we often feel. But she said, uh, I could just see how embarrassed some people were in the crowd. And I was thinking, oh, that's a bummer, because this is the only place they can't be embarrassed. With God is the only place in God's people that you can't be embarrassed. Every other place, so whatever you do, whatever function it may be, That's more embarrassing when we're cheering for our team. That's really embarrassing. The more I think about how silly I am, you know? Like, yeah, like, put that ball in the hole. (laughs) And I'm like this, God. Right? I mean, it's crazy. No, but it is absolutely crazy. Because Satan loves to take the worship off of God, and he'll just put it anywhere. And God's given those things to enjoy. So now, in their proper context, in everything we can worship because we've already bowed. And so we know who, who's ruling this thing. This is the beauty. So how much more does God pay attention to you? Down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on, you guys can find um Even numbering the hairs on your head, to, uh, don't be intimidated by this bully talk. You're worth more than a million canaries. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And if God loves you, And if he's for you, there's only one place that uh, you'll find freedom, me and you. It's in his presence. And there's only one time he gives you permission to hate something. It's hate evil. And, And this is what I think Daniel did. He hated evil. I read an article on Yahoo this week and I saw... The headline and, and just a little bit of, of the story. And it was so horrific. My spirit was grieved and I just repented. And as I was repenting about this horrendous crime and thinking about how could somebody do this, I saw the seeds of anger and bitterness in me. And I thought, oh my goodness, God have mercy. They just didn't manifest in the same way. And I just made a vow in my office I was like, I hate evil. <laughs> I hate evil, not just out there, I hate evil in here, and and I fear you, God, and and re-sign up. And so what's beautiful is, and we're gonna skip to the end on the slides, but what's beautiful is the response after Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den. You know what happens? The king repents and gives God glory from Daniel's obedience. So Daniel didn't have obedience for the king to repent he just had obedience because the king of kings was better than the king's assignment on earth and then as a result god was faithful and gave fruit and somebody's got to hear that because as a result you have had not seen god do the miraculous things you prayed for but god can and he will and he doesn't want you to ever lift a finger to think you have to do it it just comes with you worshiping him worshiping him when we've given up on uh, the prayers the the, the loneliness all the all these things to not let god in and uh sean white is a, a, a c- close with this thought we're gonna pray and we're gonna worship okay and um, sean white is a x games uh, skateboarder he's a snowboarder he has a rock band that they travel all around he's a clothing designer and he has the most medals in x-game history the uh, the most gold medals in snowboarding olympic history and he's a prolific individual with outstanding drive but what has stood out to me about his life is at 15 years old sean white was with his mom in japan he's homeschooled at the time because he can't go to a school because he's traveling for events and he's got this big dream that he wants to win events and be where he's at today but it didn't start where he was at today. I think it started even before the story I'm gonna tell you, but the story I'm gonna tell you is so intriguing because at 15, he was in the hotel working on his homework and all of the rest of the competitors had went out to party that night for the competition the next day and hang out, camaraderie, and they made an agreement. Was the agreement was, let's share the prize money and split it all, and all we gotta do is convince Sean, but he's a little teenager, he'll for sure do it, right? Because these were all 20 year olds. Sean was the youngest in the competition at the time. And so they come back after partying and they look at Sean and they say, hey, we all decided we're gonna split the party money, man. And it's gonna be awesome. And Sean said, he paused, he looked around, and saw all the peer pressure. He goes, I'm not splitting the prize money. We're gonna compete. And they were like, what? He went on to compete. He won. $50,000. And that story is so powerful because he made a decision before he was ever successful. He didn't bow to the peer pressure in the moment to choose the in crowd like I did. No, he he chose. And, And who did this the best? Was it Daniel? Was it Joseph? No, no. Who did this the best? Jesus. That him who knew no sin became the substitute and the payment for me and you. That he left his heavenly throne and he left all the comfort. And In fact, even when his team is giving him peer pressure to Peter, saying, let's go, man, let's take it. He's like, I could call down legions of angels right now and we could dominate everybody. Trust me, we can win the game. But this is the way we gotta go. We're gonna go low. We're gonna, we're gonna lay down our life. It's because the kingdom isn't come by force. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek, the gentle. This is us. So this is really the good news and it's way better than anything anybody can give you. It really is. The good news is so freeing that God loves you that we don't bow because we already did. As we sing how great is our God, my prayer would be this that everything that makes you want to bow, even the smallest bit of compromise, because we all have them. The small I'm talking the smallest bit of compromise. God will convict you. He will. And he convicts you in a way that it's beautiful because he wants to change us. And my prayer would be that if we're worshiping how great is God. And I know we come in this place with a lot of concerns, okay? We're humans. We're, we're sheep. And so, for instance, you might have hurts, worries, concerns, But what would happen if just for a minute we drowned out everything and we just looked at God? And he would give perspective to everything. I think that being in the secret place, it wouldn't matter if there's a nuclear war outside. We'd be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's my prayer is that we're that focused. As believers, we're not afraid of anything. I didn't watch the video, but there was this Jimmy John worker. This guy pulls a gun on him, and it said that he was unfazed. You just see this little dude in a hat. The gun said I got his head, and he was just like this. It was, I was, I was He didn't care about anything. You know, I'm, I didn't watch the video, but I got this image of this kid who's just like, dude, my life sucks anyways. I'm making eight, six bucks an hour. You're here for 10 bucks. He's <laughs> like, what are you doing, right? And he just didn't even care. I think about Christians like us. We are the ones. We, you can't, you can't do anything to us. You can't. It's so cool. It really is. It's the neatest thing ever. So that's what makes us unstoppable. That's why Daniel was unstoppable, because he was bowing to the Almighty God. Okay, I've talked enough. We'll get out of the way. Um, worship means to bow down. We can worship in many different ways, all things, truthfully. And when we sing, we're singing praises. But in this moment, as we sing, may it be a time of not just singing, but worship. Maybe today's a day where you literally bow down and you lay down whatever you're carrying. And I pray that God would meet you there. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.